Discover personally how the Word of God can affect a change in your life through the ministry of Apostle E.A. Ajay. Apostle E.A. Ajay is the founder and pastor of Devotional Light Church. He is also the founder of the Jesus the Answer campaign and an author of several best-selling books. Devotional Light Church is a vibrant church with people full of first love for the Lord. Now listen to E.A. Ajay. God is good all the time. Indeed, welcome to Zion. Amen. I always pray this prayer for every service. I say, Father, today to let our garden be a Mount Zion. Because Bible says that is where there are numerous of angels and the saints gathered. Amen. The Bible says whenever we meet together, we've gathered on Zion. And there are many what? witnesses. Amen. Amen. So welcome to Zion. Amen. And that is where we belong. That is where we are heading. That is our journey. Amen. Amen. Be rest assured, as I said, today to you be blessed. Today to you will not go back the same. Today to you will not remain the same. Someone give the Lord a clap of faith. God is good all the time. Once again, I welcome you to today's service. Uh, last week, I did say that for the next four weeks or five weeks, starting from next week, we should make sure we don't miss any service. And not only should we make sure we don't miss any service, but that what I'll be preaching or teaching, we should listen to it over and over and over till it gets soaked up in us. The reason is, after this, I don't know when, again, we will teach these things. Amen. But these things are everything, what we are going to look at, starting from last week. It, it is everything. Believe me, I'm a pastor. There's nothing greater than that. It will look simple. It will look basic. It will look as if you know it, but you don't know it. In fact, the moment you think you know it, it's a sign that you don't know it. Believe me. You see, I've read the scriptures several times, and I'm still reading the same scriptures. And each time that I read it, I realize I understand it better. Because there are shades or layers of what? Understanding. Amen. Amen. So with God, because remember, the word itself is God. You can't know God enough. How do you even know your own child that you brought him or her up from scratch? How well do you know him? Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Okay. So please pay attention. Soak in the word. Accept the word. And as I said last week, I'm repeating it again. Everyone should act as if they don't know anything. No, sorry, not act. Don't assume you know it. Receive it again. In fact, if truly you know it, you rather what? Appreciate it what? More. You will accept it what? More. Because it will affirm what what? You know. So last week, we saw from the Bible that the Bible is everything when it comes 
to God that God will not do anything for you or give you anything outside the word, the Bible. That there's nothing that you can get from God, through God, with God, that will not be in line with the word. That God himself cannot break the word. Not like he won't, he cannot. Not like he won't, he cannot. Because the Bible said he is the word. He said, even if you become unfaithful, I remain what? Faithful. Because I cannot deny and he is the word. Then the moment he breaks the word, he's no more a just God. Amen. So, and we saw that it is by the word, through the word, that everything that is of God is received. Everything. 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 Hardly. Hardly will you find a great pastor. I'm not talking about a prophet. I'm talking about a pastor. A pastor means someone who shepherd the sheep who has a church. That the word is not his everything. That he doesn't lay emphasis on the word. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. So last week we started by showing us that the word is everything. The word of God is what? Everything. And note, the word of God being everything is not just saying, I'm a man of the word. No, no, no. If truly the word is everything for you, you believe everything in the word, including the prophetic, including the supernatural, the signs and the wonders, the miracles, because all is the word. Amen. Amen. Sometimes yet we say, I'm a man of the word. The word is everything. And when they say that, they are saying that. So I don't believe in prophecy and all this prophetic and all this prophet and all. I go by the word. That is false. That is hypocrisy. Because when you truly go by the word, the word right from Genesis, you see miracles. When God say, when God say, when Genesis, when God say, when God formed man from the dust, isn't that a miracle? Look at how complex your body is. And he formed it by just a word. Isn't that a miracle? Yeah. See how, com- you see how complex your body is. That sometimes if they cut one of your nerves, that's it. <laughs> if they cut the nerve here, you know, it doesn't grow again. So this your, from here you don't have any sensation. That's how complex. You see your backbone. Let us just remove just one. That's all. You can't get up. That's how complex the body is. So it's a miracle. Bible intention announced the beginning of Jesus' what? Miracles. He said, and this was the beginning of what? His miracles. Amen. So the word is everything. So if last week we read and we saw that the word of God is everything, then today, the next thing we have to do is to make sure we truly know the word. That we truly know the word. Because if you don't truly know the word, how will you be in line with the word? How will the word produce for you that which you want. 
Amen. And yes, there are a lot of things that you can do to know the word. But anything that you know in order to know the word is only what we call an add-on. An add-on. There's only one way that you can know the word for yourself. Only one way. And that is that one way is to study the word by yourself. By yourself. Nothing can replace that. Mm-hmm. Nothing can replace that. No matter the preaching here, you will not really know the word. No matter the books you read, you will not really know the word. It is when you study the word, then you will know the word. No matter the teachings you hear, you will not really know the word. It is when you begin to study the word, then you will know the word. Then the preaching will make you open up, emphasize, take you higher or into what you are studying. So the preaching, the teaching is an add-on. The books is an add-on. But the books, the preaching, the teaching can never ever replace you studying the word for yourself. So, so th- there's no a replacement. The last time I went for waiting, <laughs> after praying days, hours, no visits, nothing from the Lord. Nothing. Only one thing he told me. Only one thing. And I don't know if you like to hear it. <laughs> and sometimes it's like that with the Lord. Amen. So I just, just told me, you have to return back to listening to the, listening to the preaching. My level of listening to preaching has dropped down. That's all he told me. All the things I prayed, he didn't even mention it about it. That's yeah. all. I should return back to listen there. Because there was a time you say, yeah. listen to preaching five hours, six hours a day. Because my job, then my job did enable me to. I was a part test engineer working by myself. So my earphones are in as I'm working, I'm listening. Mm. Amen. Praise the Lord. But each time that things come in, <laughs> amen. So I've taken it serious. But what I'm trying to say is that preaching is good, teaching is good, as I said, but nothing can replace you studying the word for yourself. There is a level of growth, of understanding, of presence, of power that you will never get until you begin to read the word yourself. Sorry, study the word yourself. There is a level of intimacy that you will never ever have with the Lord, believe me, until you begin to read the word. Forgive me when I say it. You begin to study the word for yourself. There's a level of growth, a level of faith, a level of gaining root that you will never ever have unless you begin to study the word for yourself. And there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things about God, with God, for your own life that no one can tell you. In fact, even someone should tell you, you'll be offended at the person. And until you begin to study the word for yourself, God cannot tell you. God cannot 
context. So for a Christian, for a Christian, for a Christian, nothing can replace studying the word. There's no option. I thank God. The more you work with God, the more you begin to believe the scripture. And it's indeed all things work out for the good of they that love the Lord. Because listen, I thank God. My church, you know, in my church where I was ordained, where I grew up, they didn't, I don't know the right word to use, but let me use the word. They bullshit me. They didn't see me as one of the people. Why? Because my church was a prophetic church. And when I say prophetic church, my pastor had service, I think, five times in a week. And all is prophetic. All is prophetic. Signs and wonders, manifestation. So it's like every pastor there, every aspiring pastor there, every leader there is prophetic. Everybody sees and hears. Everybody is casting out them. And me alone, in the level of leaders and workers, it's like nothing for me. No vision, nothing. All I had was the word 30 minutes before church starts. Mm-hmm. I'll come and teach Sundays like Albert, a subject. Then that's it. And later, through me, God started the Sunday school for the children. So it's like, it's like you could tell the attitude is like, you there to the right. <laughs> because I, did, I didn't pray. Not like I didn't pray comparatively. I couldn't cast out devils. Not like I couldn't. I didn't even stand the chance. You, 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 you understand? It's like, like, I don't see anything. I don't hear anything prophetically. You see, but believe me, believe me, believe me. All the people that I went to meet, even when I wasn't a pastor, who were pastors, and even the people that, when I became a pastor, were also pastors. All of them, none of them, are walking in the Lord. None of them have fruit today to show. None of them even have five members. None of them. None, of, and I mean none of them. None of them. Even some has backslidden. And I'm talking about people who used to say, I saw an angel. An angel said this. I saw this. People who hardly, when you pray with them one hour and they don't tell you things, then there's something abnormal. But they've even backslidden. The mistake they make, you will not even believe that even a new believer will make such a mistake. Believe me. And I realize. That you see, nothing can replace the word. Wow. <laughs> Vicious is not God. Wow. Gift of God is not God. Anointing is not God. All are things of God. But the word is God. Amen. So all those vicious, all those anointing, all those power is of God is meant to make you seek God to know him. But what happens is many of them, they take that one and make it God. So they think they know God, but they don't know God. They walk into error. Mm. Hmm. The last time I went to visit my father in the Lord, I don't know whether, in fact, when we went, there was nobody even. All the people were new people. And he can't believe that I am the only one. Hmm. He can't believe that I'm the only one. (laughs) 
You see, but I was the only one who had the word. Not like they didn't have the word, but they think the word was nothing. But they forgot that without the word, prophets don't exist. Without the word, gifts don't exist. Who told you there's something called gift of word of knowledge or gift of healing? Isn't it the word? But that's not the only thing the word says. There are almost thousand plus things also that the word what say. Now I'm saying all these things to say that I have seen clearly that the word is everything. And if you have the word, if you truly have the word, everything in the word will follow. Not like we don't have the prophetic, not like we don't have the signs and wonders and manifestation. So if you follow the word, everything will follow. So the word, if you want to see God, if you want to know God, if you want to receive from God, that you must know this word for yourself. Amen. The more you know this word for yourself, the more the preaching will be meaningful to you. The more the teaching will be meaningful to you. The more the books will be meaningful to you. Hmm. Amen. Whenever somebody like Bishop Dark, I've listened to him several times, but whenever I hear him, I can listen to the same thing and I hear something else. Whenever I hear something new, I tell myself I've grown. Because whenever I hear something new, it's an addition. I believe it with all my heart. So I can hear everything. I can. Maybe it's the same story he has said before. I've heard that story more than 15 times. But this time, as he's saying it, he will make a statement or mention some part of the story that is new. It is a growth. Amen. The word is like that. Amen. So if I'm saying all these things to say that the word is everything and we have seen that you cannot receive anything outside the word, then what the next we must look at is how to know what is in the word. How to know what? What is in the word. And it is your individual responsibility to know what is in the word. And it starts not by listening to preaching or teaching, but by you studying the word for yourself daily. For it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Why did he compare it to live by bread? We, We eat bread every day. When we have bread means food. When you are fasting, you even break and eat bread. So in other words, you are to read the word every day. Amen. So today we are going to look at how to study the word of God. That's all we are going to do. We will take, don't take it for granted. How to study the word of God. And when I say how to study the word of God, I'm not talking about reading daily bread, or word of the day, or the scriptures that get prompted on your phones, or get sent. No, no, no. That is okay, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you yourself opening the Bible and start studying it from day to day, every day. From beginning, from beginning, from beginning, The time of studying, how long you study for beginning, 
does not matter. Therefore, beginning, it is the ability to study it every day, which is what? Everything. And at least, it must be 15 minutes. 15 minutes. So note, I'm not using the word read. I'm using the word study. Because in the Bible, we are not meant to read the Bible. We are meant to study the Bible. When you read the Bible, then it becomes ritual. You are just taking. So the command is to study the Bible, not to read it. When you read the Bible, it will mean nothing to you. Of course, of course, in order to study the Bible, you have to read it. But you can read it and know what? Study. When you take graphic, you read it, you don't study it. Some you read it and just carve what? Through it, isn't it? So there's difference between reading and studying. So I'm talking about studying the word of God. Because you can read the word and it will mean nothing. nothing. But when you study thing, you will pick up God. That is what? The command. So how to study the Bible? Amen. The first scripture I want us to read is Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Because that is where that command comes from. Amen. If you don't have Bible and you want the Bible, we have Bible at, this, uh, at the back. You can grab one for yourself. Amen. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Amen. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Amen. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Mm-hmm. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Amen. Amen. So the command is, keep this book of the Lord always on your what? Lips. One, two, meditate on it day and night. So that you be careful to do everything written in it. So this is the main command for Bible study. So he said, note, he said, you are to meditate on the word day and night. Day and night means often, persistent, ongoing, constant. That's why day and night, not one of, not every now and then. Because in every day we have day and night. So it means you are to meditate on this word day and night. Note, he did not say read the word, meditate. The word meditate means think about it, think of it. So it means that as you read the word, you are meant to think of what you are what? Reading. And that is what we call steady. Steady. When I'm reading the Bible, within maybe 15 minutes, I can read one chapter. But when I'm studying the Bible, depending on what I'm studying, maybe 15 minutes, I haven't even done a quarter. Because as I read, as I think of it, I pause and I make notes. So the command is to meditate, think of it. So if you are to think of something, once you read it, you, you understand, you are thinking, meditate. So that is what we call steady. Steady. 
So we are to study the Bible. We are to meditate on it. Day and what? Night, meaning every day. So it's a command that we are to read the Bible every day. So today, and he, read, he went on to show us why. Not because he likes it or not. So that what? You what? Obey everything in it. So the reason why we are to study the Bible is not to prove to someone you know the word. It's not to go and preach, but it's for you to obey it. It's for you to what? Do it. So note, you are to read the Bible for yourself, for you to obey what you are reading. So the reason, the essence why he said we should study the Bible is not to have knowledge of it. It's not to tell people what is in the word. But it's to what? Obey it. I didn't say it is there. Amen. Amen. Why? Why obey it? Why obey it? So that what? Our ways will be prosperous. And successful, not the word, your ways. Your ways means anything you are involved in, anything you are doing. So being in marriage, being in finances, being in job, being in training up our children, whatever, ministry, whatever, in order for it to be successful and prosperous, it's not prayer, it's not fasting. It's not anointing with oil, but it is what? To meditate on the word yourself, and you yourself obey that word. Why do I say it's not prayer, it's not anointing, it's not fasting? Because many people think this is the way to solution. No, prayer, fasting, anointing, with all your, all those things are just 0.5% of the many things the Bible says we should do or we should not do. Yeah. So it is not everything. That's why sometimes you see people, you think they don't pray like you, but they are prosperous. That's why sometimes see people think they don't fast like you, but they are prosperous. Because fasting, prayer, anointing for you is one, one of the many. We pray, we fast, isn't it? We anoint with oil here, but it's not everything. There's more to it. There is many more to it in the Bible. So the secret for your marriage, for your relationship, for your things to be successful and prosperous. It's for you to meditate on this word. And not only meditate to go and teach or to prove to your partner, but for you, you, mm-hmm. to obey it. Mm, amen. It's a command. It's a command. But then he, he added one. He said we are to, it has to be what? On our lips, meaning we are to speak about it, which I will explain. Amen. So, if I'm going to teach you prosperity, real prosperity of God, if I'm going to teach you how to be successful, the first thing I must teach you is how to meditate on this word. Amen. And how you must to obey this word. Other than prosperity and success from God will not come. Believe me. I didn't say it's the Bible that said it. That's why we have churches that you see are meant but there are people that their life is going to circles and nothing breaking through. Because many of them, all they are doing is holy, holy prayer. 
but there's more to it. Please, do you understand? So, how do we meditate on the word? Which is steady what? The word. To meditate on the word is to what? Steady what? The word. Amen. So, how do we study the Bible? How do we study the Bible? There are three. See, a lot of people have written a lot of things, a lot of things. Forget about all those things. There are only, only three main ways to study the Bible. And those three main ways, two is just something, it's just an add-on, which you don't necessarily need it, even though there's a way there's, but there's only one main way. <laughs> Have I confused you? So there are three main ways to study the Bible. Forget about what they say, what they say. There are three main ways. And this three, one is the main way out of what? The two. Out of the three. Amen. So the two is good, but it's an add-on. You, you might not even need it. You see Sister Madeline's watch. There are a lot of things in that watch. I'm sure she doesn't need it. She will never what? use it, isn't it? Like your mobile phone. Or some people in your car, there's so much speed in you will never use it. So it's good, but it means nothing. Mm. Uh So the first way of studying the Bible is to read the Bible book by book. It's that simple. When you take Colossians, you just begin to read from Colossians 1. Book by book study. When you take Psalms, you just begin to read it. You are not in a rush. You are to study it. When you take the book of John, you just begin to read it. Book by book. Book by book. It is that simple. It is that simple. Yes, the second way is to read the Bible topically. Topically. So maybe you take a topic maybe about salvation. So you begin to read all the scriptures about salvation. But that one, the truth be, if you don't know the word, how do you even find the scriptures about salvation or fear? Even though now you can do that by going to Bible Gateway, which I will teach you later, and put fear or marriage and will bring all the subject and you can also what? Read about it. So that is the second word, way. That one is ideal when you have a specific challenge in a specific area of life, maybe money, that you want all the Bible scriptures on money to what? Steady it so that you what? Obey it. Please, are we getting it? So that's the second word, one, which is what we call topical, amen. Or the third uh, one is what we call scripture cross references and that one is also a little bit confusing so that one you read a scripture uh, we have a cross reference book or this days even a bible hall is very good for cross references which I'll show you later as we go on so bible hall you put maybe John 21 verse 2 do we have John 21 <laughs> You put John 3 verse 16 and what it says for God so love the web blah blah. It gives other references that 
is also speaking about key words. But that one can lead you on away. You rather even be what? Confused. That one is better when you already know the word. And you are looking at other references. So these are the three main what? ways of studying the Bible. There isn't any better way than this three main way. But the main one, as I said, is reading the Bible book by book. Okay, now whether you read the Bible in any of this, you begin to study the Bible either by book by book or by reference, scripture reference, or by topical, you'll be reading what? What will you be reading? Verses and chapters. <laughs> so no matter how you decide to study the Bible, you will be reading what? Verses and what? chapters. So because of that, to understand or to know how to read the Bible, I'm going to show you how to study chapters and verses. Because no matter the studies you'll be doing, you'll be reading what? Chapters and what? Verses. Please, do we understand? Yeah. Are you here? Yeah. Okay. I feel like I've spoken enough. Amen. (laughs) So the first thing is you are to study the Bible for yourself to do it, not to teach. They, they normally say, the Bible says, uh, study to show thyself approved. Okay. It's true, but it didn't say to man, it said to God. Amen. So you, are not, you, are, you don't study to go and teach. Even though what you study, you end up saying, teaching, okay. explaining to people. But you study to what? Obey it. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. So we are going to look at, so this is the three ways what? We study the word. So whatever way you take, whether book by book, uh, subject matter by subject matter, or scripture references or not, you'll be reading verses and what? Chapters. So we are going to I'm going to show you how you study it, how you meditate on what? The word, how you study the Bible, where, no matter the, the, the format or the way you choose to what? Study it. Amen. But before I showed you how you study the Bible, I've shown you the three ways you study it. Before you open your Bible, you must have some mindset. These are basic thought patterns, foundation that you must have. If you don't have this foundation in your quest to study the Bible, you might rather be in error. This basic foundation will help you. So the first thing is there are four or five main basic foundations. And I would like everybody to note this. The first thing about the Bible Whenever you take the Bible to studies, remember everything that is in the Bible has been written for you, Amanda. You see, when you are reading the Bible, the first thing mm. you must be aware yeah. that anything you read Amen. is for you. It's not for your enemy. It's not for your partner. It's not for the one you think he's doing wrong. 
It's not for your pastor, it's for you. That's the first principle. Let me show you where it is in the Bible. Matthew chapter 13, verse 37. So what am I saying? Before you study the Bible, you need certain mindsets. There are certain basic things you must know, which is a guide. And the first guide is whenever you are reading the Bible, everything the Bible has been written for you, it's for you. Don't think about anybody, it's for you. If you don't have this understanding, it will affect your study. It will twist you. Amen. Let me show it to you. Read it for us. Matthew 13, verse 37. Matthew 13. Yes. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. Sorry, Mark 13, 37. Sorry. Mark 13, 37. So, if you are studying the Bible, the first principle is everything in the Bible has been written to who? To who? To us, to me. Yes. Mm. You mention your name. Uh-huh. And this is the scripture. Uh-huh. Amen. Mark chapter 13, verse 37. Mm-hmm. And what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. Amen. So he said what he was talking to them. He said, what I say unto you, I say unto all. So whatever the Bible said to whoever in the Bible, he was saying unto all, you are part of the whole. So he was saying unto what? You. He knows you will come and read that word. So he was saying it also to what? You, to you. What I say unto one, I say unto all. So I say when people have dreams for people about people, make sure you apply that dream to yourself. Because even though the dream is for that person, he's speaking to you too. Yeah, because his standard is the same. Yeah. So when you have dream and something in the dream, God is saying that somebody is arrogant, check yourself. Are you arrogant as well? So he said, what I say unto one, I say unto you. So when you are reading the Bible, he's not speaking to anyone. He's speaking to you. He's saying it to you. The second thing you have to note is that everything written in the Bible is useful to teach you. Amen. Amen. To rebook you. Yeah. To correct you. And to train you. These are four different things. Teach you what you don't know. Yeah. Rebook you. Me tell that you are wrong. You are proud. You are quick tempered. You are not faithful. Rebook you. You are lazy. Rebook you. Amen. And to train you. Train is ongoing. You don't pray, you begin to pray. Your prayer is not enough. But I'm praying 10 minutes. No, no, no. Pray 13 minutes. Ah, but I can't. You can't. You have to then train you. Train you. Amen. And also to what? Correct you. Correct you how you behave. How you walk. Even how you talk. Yeah. Correct your mindset. Even your eating habits. Everything written is to correct you. Rebook you. To train you. Let me show it to you. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. This are foundational what? Mindset you are to have before you start studying the Bible. Other than that, you'll be reading about Jacob and you are thinking you are reading a story. Mm-hmm. Not knowing God is speaking to you. God is teaching you something, trying to correct you, Amen. trying to train you in the way of righteousness. Amen. 
Read it for us. Second Timothy chapter three verse sixteen. Three verse sixteen. Yeah. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So normally read a verse so like that. Amen. Yeah, so it's so the same thing, isn't it? But it said all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It's useful for what? teaching, rebuking, correcting, and what? Training. So you note the way say all scripture. So when you are reading Revelation or Genesis. He's going to use it to rebook you when the need arises, or to train you, or to correct you, not you. Not me. You are reading the Bible. God hasn't spoken to me. So it is you, not somebody. That's the second thing mindset you must have. And this mindset must guide you. And the third one is Romans chapter 15, verse 4. And it says everything that was written down was written down to teach you. So something, what something did and what happened to something was written down to teach you. To, to teach you. Amen. Not me. Don't read the Bible thinking about me. No, no. Or thinking about your husband. <laughs> no, no, no. You have failed. It's you. It's you. It's you. It's you. It's you. Read it for us. Mm -hmm. Romans chapter 15, verse. Mm -hmm. Chapter 14, verse. 15, verse 4. 15 verse 4, sorry. For whatsoever things were written before time were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Be ready and I think. It says so for whatever, everything that was written before time was written for what? To teach Our us. learning. Yeah. For you to learn means has been written other version to what? Teach, teach you how to be a good child, how to be a good husband, Amen. a good wife. To teach you when to have sex, when not to have, how to have sex, or it's in the Bible. To teach you how to keep your money, how not to keep your money. To teach you every what thing. So once you take the Bible, you must have this three foundational. What you are going to read, he's saying it to you. What has been written down is to teach you something. What has been written down is to correct you, to rebook you, to train you. And the final thing is the Bible is not divided. Right from Genesis, right from Genesis to Revelation is about Jesus. Amen. Because as you read the Bible, which we looked at specially, one of the things that will happen is the enemy will come against you, trying to tell you that this scripture is not relevant anymore. It doesn't apply anymore. So what you have to know we will look at the attacks of Satan against yeah. those who are studying the world. We do that. But you must understand that everything in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, is about Jesus. Amen. Luke 24, verse 47. You, this is important. It will shield you from the attacks of Satan. Luke 24, verse 24 to 27. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Luke 24. Verse 24 to 27. Mm -hmm. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. 
He said, twenty-four verse twenty-seven. Oh, verse twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. Amen. Amen. So this was Jesus Christ Himself talking, and Bible say He began by what was said before to Moses, which when you hear the what was said by Moses mean Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and the prophet, which is Isaiah, Jeremiah. So he said from it, he began to teach them what was said about him. So right from Moses, or what they call the Old Testament, is about what? Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus is the same yesterday. So if you are going to study the Bible, these four things, north, south, east, and west, you must have it. Everything it is being said to you as well. It's to what? Teach you. It's also to what? Correct you, rebuke, and train you. And it all the word of God. None is irrelevant. None is gone. So once you have these four things in your mind, it must be a guide as you study the word. Before you study the word. And again, you must understand that it is possible to study the word and not understand it. Yeah. It is possible. You, you must have that understanding as well. So that just in case you don't understand, you don't sideline it. That is when that your sister or brother in the Lord who you know knows the way comes in. Or that is when your pastor comes in. That I read this. I'm confused. I don't understand. Amen. Let me show it to you. Act, please. Act chapter 8, 30 to 31. It is important we, we deal with all these things. Because over the years, this is what has been confusing people. So it's possible to read and not understand. Amen. Amen. Please read it for us. Acts chapter 8, 30 to mm-hmm. 31. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone, someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Amen. Amen. So the Bible said he was what? Reading the book of what? Isaiah. He was reading. So Philip went and he said, do you understand what you are reading? He said, I don't understand. He said, how can I understand? Unless someone come and what? Explain. In fact, when you read from the thing, that is why the Holy Spirit took Philip there to explain. So it is possible to read and not understand. So if you should experience that as you study the Bible, there's nothing wrong. It is normal. But that, you don't leave the study. As I said, that is when that bread of yours, that you know he or she is in the Lord who can help comes in, or your pastor. Because only your pastor is really there. Only your pastor is responsible for you. Different churches have different doctrine. I'm a pastor. Many pastors can't teach. I'm telling you, there's difference between teaching and preaching. Many can't teach. And many in their quest to teach has rather confused many. A pastor who can teach will always teach you from the Bible. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. So this is also something you must what? Have. Amen. So now you've taken your Bible. You are being guided by this thing. You want to study your Bible. 
minimum of 15 minutes. So you open your Bible. The first thing you must do is to have a notepad there. A notepad. Either a pen and a notepad or a digital pad. Amen. I, I use laptop because I study for hours. I'm a pastor. It's my work. Maybe you will not have that time. It's not your work, but you have to fellowship. You see, do you, you drive to work? How many hours? Hey, one hour to work. You drive one hour to Half an hour, half an hour. Okay, good. Does that make you a driver? But driving takes an hour a day is enough, isn't it? But will a driver driving will a driver driving an hour a day? Would that rather be a problem? Or will it be a problem or not? A driver, a bus driver, driving only an hour a day. Yeah, it cannot be possible. In fact, nobody will employ you to drive an hour a day. So you see, the bus driver, before, because it is his work, drives what? Longer. And it serves a purpose. But she is still the one hour serves what? A purpose. Amen. So maybe you don't need to drive like that. By the time you turn on the laptop, by the time you warm up and all those things, you've lost seven minutes. Meanwhile, you have only seven minutes. You see? So maybe you need, you need a, a, a pad, notepad. The only thing I would suggest is, is up to it has to be a digital one. Because when the paper is difficult to later okay. come back to it and group it to connect to make sense. So before you open your Bible, the moment you sit down, your part must be done. Why? Because as you speak, God will talk to you. So, and it's what God will speak to you, that is everything. And when I say God will speak to you, not like you hear him say something in your ears. From the word, a scripture will jump to you, will become meaningful to you. It, I don't know how I explain, but you experience it. You see that this is the word for you. That is how God speaks to you. Let me show you to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20 to 22. Amen. So now you are going to study your Bible. You are guiding yourself. And the first thing you must do as you open, before you open your Bible, your reference must be there. I say your reference. Your path to make note of what God will speak to you by his word. Read it for us, please. Proverbs uh, chapter 6, 20 to 22. Mm -hmm. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. So he was Amen. talking about his father's was teaching and what? Command. And said they what? Speak to you. The teaching and the commands what? Speak to you. Please, do you understand? So as you read the word, that is, believe me, that is God's choices way of speaking to us. It will, the word itself you are reading will speak to you. When God realized that you come every morning or every day, this hour, now he begins to position himself to speak to you. Mm. 
You understand? So you must have a reference. Other than that, whatever he speaks to you by the word, not by vision, yeah, the word, the word, you, you will miss it. And once you go, it will go out of your mind. In fact, writing it down will make sure it sticks. So the first thing is to have your pad down. Because this word is living and active. It, it, it is life. It is spirit. See, the words I speak are what? Spirit. So th- this word will speak to you. Amen. Amen. So then you must have it what? Down. So now once you have it down, now you open what? Your Bible. And you begin to what? You, you begin to study. That's the word. You begin to what? Study. Okay, before we look at how you studied, what have I said so far? Whenever you read the Bible or you study the Bible, you take the Bible, it is speaking to you. And you must have these four guiding principles to guide you. And before you open your Bible, make sure you have your what? Reference notes there. Once you have the reference note there, don't open the Bible. You must pray before you open the Bible. And I'm not talking about your normal prayer. I'm talking about just prayer about studying the Bible. That prayer could be even 30 seconds. I pray. This is a prayer I always pray because I read the Bible after I have prayed. Sometimes after prayer, there's so many calls and things to return. I'll return those calls, messages, then I'll take my Bible and I'll pray. It depends the whoever. But this prayer, I always pray this prayer. Father, open my eyes to see wonderful things in your word today too. Amen. Then I also say, sweet Holy Spirit, come and join me and teach me today as I study the word. These two things are always asked before I open the Bible. Why am I saying that? Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit is what? The teacher. Jesus said he will lead us into all truth. The Bible says he's the spirit of understanding. So if I want to understand this, I need him. And also in the book of Psalms, we saw that David prayed that may God open his eyes to see wonderful things in the scriptures. It means that it's possible to open and read, but you will not see those wonderful things. So you must always pray. And I'm not, this is not your regular prayer. This is prayer just before opening the word to study. And let me show you the scriptures where I gave this principle. Psalm 119 verse 4. Oh, sorry. Don't read Psalm 119 verse 4. Amen. Read for me rather. Um, wow. Okay, Psalm 119 verse 18. Rather. Amen. Mm-hmm. Psalm 119 verse 18. Psalm 119 verse 18. Mm-hmm. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Amen. So it's said, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in what? Thy law. In your law. The law is another word, word for the word of God. The word of God. It's a law. Open my eyes. So I always say it. I've said it. Uh, it, it is automatic. Even if I don't say it, then why I take it? In my mind, I close my eyes. 
I have said it before I open the Bible. And let me show you the second one, John chapter 14, verse 26. John chapter 14, verse 26. So no, this, this is not rituals. You must believe it. Because when you invite the Holy Spirit, He comes. Like right now that we are here, I can finish preaching everything and we pray everything and everyone will go. Or now I can decide to invite the Holy Spirit to begin to manifest Himself and begin to touch people. And He will do it. Amen. And all is dependent on me inviting what? Him. So if I don't begin to pray now and begin to invite him and to begin to manifest he will not move but if I do so all things because he will move so he will be there, he's in you but when you invite him he joins you, when you don't invite him to his death, he's just there yeah you are safe so these are not rituals, you, you must mean it every day please read it for us chapter 14 verse 26 mm-hmm. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Amen. Who will teach us? Holy Spirit. So if you are going to read your Bible, who do you need to come and teach you? The Holy Spirit. So this is why I said you must always pray, at least ask for these two things. Amen. You see, I have a friend. I had a friend. Just like God gave me the gift of teaching, He gave him the like the prophetic gift, not the office, but the gift for starters. And one day he struggled to read the Bible. And several times God would tell him to read the Bible. Which I find it an error. Because I see angels and God has to be pushing to read the Bible. And one day he came to me and he said, this morning when I was going to read the Bible, the Holy Spirit asked me to open Psalm 119 verse 18. And when I opened it, the Holy Spirit told me, each time before I read the Bible, I must say this, I must ask for this. So he was telling me, he was giving me filler. <laughs> Amen. So as he, I remember, as he was telling me, he was in my office, my Bible was on my desk. So as he was telling me, he opened my Bible. He opened it and I saw it. And since then, I also pray the same thing. But that, my friend, I don't know, but one thing for sure is not even the ministry. Yeah, because he, he joked with the word. He thought the visions is everything. Amen. So you must what? Pray. So this is it. Let's wake up. You've wake up. You've prayed or whatever you do. Or now you're coming to read the word. You have these four principles what? guiding you. You've opened what? You've taken your notes. Now you have what? Pray for God to help you. Amen. Teach you. Show you. Amen. The word you are coming towards. Read. So now what do you do next? Now you open what? Your word. Isn't it? So what word do we open now? <laughs> John 1. Last week we really used John 1 verse 1. But because it has been said, we will use it. So let's read John 1, verse 1. So I open John 1, verse 1. So I'm coming to study the Bible. Amen. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So 
let's say either whether you are going to read the entire book or whether you are going to read scripture references or topical you'll be reading what sub uh, chapters and what verses so verses make up what chapters so i'm reading i'm studying so you say in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god hey ah what is this so it says in the beginning was the word and this word was with god but this word that was with god is also with is is god it didn't say like god so i'm studying so from john one john one is saying that the word is god the word is what god but i'm confused because i said this word that is god is still with god so if you don't understand that the word is god but i'm confused if the word is god how can the word which is god be with god you see but i believe it because clearly i can see that i see the word is what god so as i meditate on it for my 15 minutes minimum I, I go out and, and I'm confused. So now I know the word is God. So if the word is God, then whatever the word say is God who is what? Talking to me. Because it is God. But then I'm confused because today I just started reading John 1. So I read to the what? Nine. But the one is confusing me. So then I say, okay, let me find an excuse to call pastor. Because in fact, <laughs> Pastor, I don't even call him. So I, I, I call Pastor. Oh, okay, I test Pastor. That, Pastor, I don't understand it. I know the word is God. But how can the word is God still be with what? God. Then Pastor tests back, say, I will call you. <laughs> then Pastor calls, say, Yes, the word is with what? And the word is God. Why? The reason is if you read the John 1 14. It says Amen. the word became flesh. became flesh and dwelt among us as the son, meaning Jesus is what? The word. And us. before Jesus came, he was what? With the Father. Meaning the word of God is living and came as what? Jesus. And the Bible says from he was crucified from the foundation of the word. So he is still, so even though he's God, it is his what? Word, which is living. And active. So, okay, now I understand. So now you gain more understanding by sharing with me. So then, as I said, when I said goodbye, I said okay, goodbye. And you just decided to to at you were at break time. You just decided to look at the word. Then as you look at it, you see ah, even the word is capital. The W is capital. Amen. So that one, you see. By the discussion, as you go back now, you have seen another thing that the first time you didn't say, ah, which means it's not ordinary words. This is word, something. Because if you read your Bible, it's that it is capital W. So now you can understand. And who is it for? For you. It will be difficult. It will be difficult if you read this thing yourself and for anybody to come and tell you that you can put this aside mm-hmm. when you think of God it will be difficult because you yourself now you know 
you yourself by revelation that this is the word. Amen. It, it sounds simple, but it is everything. Many don't uh, study the scripture. Amen. We'll look at another example. Somebody bring a scripture. Then I'll show, share with you another five principles. Sorry? Jeremiah 29, 11. I think Amen. I know it. Mm-hmm. Is it the plus I have for you? Amen. Okay, let's open it. Amen. Mm. We are looking at, I'm, I'm just trying to uh, illustrate mm. how you meditate on the word. Amen. So it doesn't matter whether you are reading book to book, uh, word reference, scripture reference, this is how. Amen. Amen. So read the Jeremiah for us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Amen. So Jeremiah 29 Verse 11 said, the plans I have for you are plans to prosper you and to give you what? Hope and a future, not to harm me. So I read the scripture. Wow. So God, hey, so all along when I was in the world, God has plans for me. It means God has plans for me. Because what he said to one, he's saying to me, this has been written down. So it means God has plans for me. And this plan that he has for me are plans to prosper me. Hmm. It means the word prosper means success, successful. Okay. It means God wants me to be successful. So in my case, I was thinking probably it's not God's will for me to marry. No, but if God wants me to be successful by his word, then he wants me to marry, or he doesn't want me to divorce. What am I married to? What? Because he wants me to be what? Successful. And not only in the short term, but to give me future. Hmm. You know, because there are things in the short term look like you've gained, but in the long term, you realize, yes. you, you understand. Yeah. And also to give me what? Hope. So if this is the plan God has for me, based on the word, as I think about then I must really really stick to the plan of God but how do I know the plan of God then I know I only know the plan of God by what his word so that is when I realize yeah I must increase my 15 minutes to 20 because the earlier I know these plans the earlier I can follow them and the earlier it will manifest so you see that this scripture, in my case, has set up a desire to study the word more, a hunger. So of a sudden, I want to know, my main interest is man, I want to know the plans. I, I want to know, I want to know, I want to know. You see, so even that is what maybe will lead you to the topical study. So now I believe God has a plan for me. So that sickness cannot be from God. It cannot be that maybe it's God who is punishing me. No, God has plans to prosper me. <laughs> it can't be from God. <laughs> so you see how the word, so I wake up and this word, I go out and someone that was depressed, all of a sudden, I'm no more depressed. Because words of hope 
has come to me as as tempting it. And this, you can read it there. You can read there. I can tell you this. It won't have impact. The impact, it may not even have impact. In fact, I've spoken to a lot of people and they come back to me and say, when he spoke to me, I didn't like it. But when I went to read the scripture, or I asked God to confirm it, and he showed me a scripture. Amen. Yes, we thank God. Amen. Amen. So, you see that the word, so that morning, no one has spoken to me, but the word. Now I go out, and I'm not thinking that I'm a failure again. I'm not thinking, no, I'm not thinking that that's my end. (laughs) Again, because his plan is to prosper me, and to give me a future. Amen. It's like a future is a pension. <laughs> you see, and this one, as I'm reading, he's speaking to me. These words are life. Amen. They, they are life. Hmm. It, it, it enters what? Into you. Yes. So we take other scriptures, but so in a certain sense, this is how you do as you read the word. Chapter by chapter. There are some chapters. You won't really get much, you move forward. There are some chapters that will jump up to you. When they jump up to you, you have to pause and think about it. That is meditation. Mm-hmm. He said meditate on these words. He didn't say blank out your mind. The words you are reading, think about it. Think of it. You are, please, you understand. So now, when you, whenever you read this word, the final section, then we come back to some scripture. So now, once you read the word and you think of the word, there are five main things you must always ask yourself. You must what? Always what? Ask yourself. And we will use those two scriptures to apply this. The first thing, after you've read yourself, the first, sorry, after you've read the scripture, the first thing you ask yourself, what is the scripture that I read saying? Thank you, Holy Ghost. <laughs> what is the scripture that I read saying? Note, you, the scripture was talking to what? You. So the first question is, what is the scripture saying? The second question you ask yourself is, what must you do or not do to be in line with that scripture? Because remember, we are meditating on it what? Obey it. So as you read the scripture, first thing, what is the scripture saying to you? It, what is it saying in general and what is it saying what? To you. And two, what must you do or not do to be in line with that word, scripture? Because it is the obedience of that scripture that in the word go well. So you can come to church every day without obeying the word of God. Your life will be full of problems. Yeah, that one be rest assured. Yeah, you might even be worse off than when you were in the world. Because in the world, Satan had you, so he didn't care about you. You belong to him. But now that you are professing Christ or you are Christ, he might be attacking you. And because you are not being the word, you'll be in trouble. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So what must you do or not what? Do. To be in line means in agreement. You are obeying that word. So it always can what to do or what not 
to do. Then the second thing you ask yourself, how does the scripture apply to you? You, practically. Practically. We will answer all this. Then the fourth thing is, are there any biblical examples? This one, the more you read the Bible, the more you get it. So for initially, if you don't get it, don't what? Worry. Amen. Then the fifth one, which will be the final thing after you study the way you must ask is, do you really understand what you have what? Read? Or is your understanding correct? You, you understand? If it's sure, that's it. If it's 50-50, think through it. If not, as I said, call that brethren. Or that what? Pastor. Of yours, your pastor. Amen. Because there are pastors who like to bullshit other pastors because of insecurity. Yeah. There are pastors who are jealous and envious of other pastors. <laughs> but every true pastor shouldn't be. But there, there, there are pastors like that. Amen. Amen. There, there are pastors like that. And there are pastors, they are sort of, they, I mean, I don't want to go there, but it is, you, you, you are responsible for your pastor. Your pastor is responsible to you. He's your shepherd. God knows that. You understand. Uh-huh. So you ask yourself these three main questions and the two sub. The three is, do you, what does the scripture say? Or what does it what mean? How does it apply to you what? Practically. And what must you do or not do to be in line with the scripture? Then the other two is, do, do you have any biblical examples? Because the examples will help. But that one, the more you study the Bible, the more you get those things. Amen. And also, do you really what? Understand it. Amen. So the first scripture we read was John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So you ask yourself, what does this scripture, what is, is it saying? So it is saying that the word of God is God. So if I want to know God, so that's what it's saying. It's that simple. It is that simple. The word of God is what? God. These are scriptures I say you don't even need interpretation. It's saying the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was what? It's that simple. So what the scripture means is the word is what? God. How does it apply to me practically? In my case practically, I want to hear from God. I want the presence of God. I want to fellowship with God. I want the power of God. I don't know where God is. I can't see God. So if I want to, where is God? Did he say my pastor? Did he say my wife? He says the word. So then I'll make sure as I pray to God every day, I also hear from him every day. Then whatever this says, I will obey it. Because it is better to obey God than man. So practically, this is God, my God. This is my God. Whatever they say is important. So what do I do to be sure I'm in line with what? That word that this is God. Then I must cherish this. 
Because if I truly believe that this is God, I must cherish it. And everything that they say, I must believe that God wants it for me. Amen. One brother, something came and said, oh, he doesn't believe in riches and those things. I say, you must believe in riches. Because to not believe in riches is an error. Of course, riches is relative. But God is not against riches. And I said, listen, the Bible says Christ became poor so that through his poverty, we would be what? Rich. He said, no, no, no. There he means prosperity. I said, no. The Bible didn't say prosperity. He didn't say success. He said riches. And riches is specific. has got to do with money. Prosperity is not only money. Uh, when you do economics, prosperity consider your neighborhood, the crime level, the peace, your health. But riches has got to do with counting. And I saw that he couldn't receive it. And that brother has a lot of financial challenges, even though he's a Christian. But see, if you believe that this is God, you must receive it. So if I was that brother, practically, now I must receive that Christ became poor in order for me to be rich and begin to exchange my poverty for what? His riches and begin to tell myself that riches is not what? Evil. To be in line with the word. Please, do you, do you understand? So in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was... Are there any biblical examples? Are there? I'm asking. Yeah, Abraham. Sorry? Abraham. What, what was the example? He was a very prosperous, rich man. Sorry? Abraham was a very rich man. Oh, no, I mean the beginning, oh, the John the one. the beginning. Where, which one? Yeah. Okay, so that's a good example. So you can see in Genesis 1, the entire world was created by his word. They were done. Wow! Maybe all along you know Genesis 1, but you've never seen it like that. Then that prophet is building up. You arise and you are crazy for God. Your faith is building up. Wow, your spirit is quickening you. Even as I'm reading, it's quick in you. All because you did your Bible study. Amen. Another example. Another scripture. You must know the scripture there. Don't call any scripture. You must know the scripture there. Another scripture. Okay, John 3.16. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I'll bring one myself. In the first Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. So let's say let's say your Bible study. This morning, you were reading First Corinthians, and you've read the chapter one, chapter two. You are not chapter four, and you started reading it. Amen. Mm-hmm. First Corinthians chapter four, verse two. So you start reading from the one to the two. Uh-huh. Okay. Then this then is how you ought to regard us as servants of Christ, and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Amen. Amen. So I pause there. So the first Corinthians says, 
that we are to be what? I am to be regarded as a servant of what? Christ and the steward of the mystery of God. So it is telling me that I must not be regarded as a king when I'm dealing with you people, but you must regard me as a servant of what? God, that I'm here to what? Serve you, not here to reign over you. You see? So it is telling me, I'm a drama, I'm not a pastor, I'm a drama, that when I come here, I'm not to dictate for you, but I'm to serve you, I'm, I'm to play, play, so that you can worship God, serve you, serve you. And that I'm a steward, steward means a keeper of yeah. the mystery. So in my case, what mystery has God given me? In my case, as a drama, the ability to play drum. In the world, they wouldn't accept me. Even the worst of the band will say I'm not good What enough. Many dramas will not be accepted in any band, but in the church, they are accepted. So when you prove yourself, you are in error. God has given you something to keep, hmm. to serve. Hmm. Amen. Yeah. Do, do, we, do we understand? Yeah. So that's what the word is telling me. Amen. So you see, if I'm pride, this revelation will make me cool down. Say, no, 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 no. No, yeah. no, no, no. I'm not the Michael Jackson of the church. Because <laughs> yeah. they, they are stars, isn't it? But they, they must come when everybody is there. God, they are stars. But I'm rest, I'm a servant. I must be there ready before they come. Amen. Then he went on to say, For it is required of a servant Amen. faithfulness. So the only requirement that God required of me, a servant, is faithfulness. He doesn't require anointing. He doesn't require spiritual gifts. He's requiring faithfulness. Hey. But oh, I thought he was requiring skillful people. You see, the word is speaking to me. He said faithfulness. And when I read down, he didn't have any requirement. Hey, no, this one. It's like the thing has blown me. This is my first two minutes. Then I said, hey, what does faithfulness mean? Then I go this line, meaning of faithfulness. Then say, faithfulness means to be loyal. Yeah. To be loyal. I say, hey, I must be loyal. To be loyal. That's what it means. Hey. Am, am I loyal, steadfast? And I go to. So who, who must I be loyal to? I say, but I play drums, so I must be loyal to the church. So the church, because the church go to what? Service every Monday. Right. Every Sunday and what? Tuesday. So if I don't go every Sunday and Tuesday, am I loyal? God, to be loyal means constant. Steadfast. So I realized, I, and me rather, I was offended at pastor, because pastor said I don't come often and he's not happy. Because when pastor said I don't come often, he said I'm thinking, and he wasn't happy and I have to come every Sunday. I, told, I said to myself, you know, I didn't tell, doesn't he know I have work to do? <laughs> you see, but if I say I'm a steward, I am I'm required to be faithful. So now I understand why pastor is insisting that I must come every Tuesday and what? Sunday, if I want to play 
the drug because it is required it is required it is required it is required so you see the word is speaking to me so the word because pastor said that maybe three months ago and I was offended because I was thinking she know better than half job you see but now now I've realized that it's not like pastor that is the requirement so then I decide now I'll be faithful to the church by going Tuesdays and Sunday I'll be faithful to pastor by going what Tuesday and Sunday why pastor because I'm working with what pastor so I go to work and I meet my brethren in the Lord. I say, listen, do you know God doesn't, the main requirement God requires is faithfulness. And my brother said, yes, don't you know he requires faithfulness. You require faithfulness to him and to the work. You see, the first one, I didn't connect it to him. But as I was sharing with my brother, he made me realize I have to be faithful to God. So now by sharing it from his together, not only to be faithful to what the pastor and to the church, but to God, because it is God's work, God's people, God's service, God's church. So by sharing it now, I realize, wow. So now, before I go, I must even pray for God to help me. So now, now it shifts me. It's not even about the pastor and the church. It's about God. Faithful to God. Faithful to God. So now, pastor hasn't said anything since three months. But pastor has said that I'm always on time. Always on time. Always on time. It's like something has happened. What happened? The word spoke to you. Amen. When, when you yourself study the word. So I always say, if anybody is seeking God in this church, the person will be, will be blessed. And the person will be blessed. And the person will remain. Why? Because here I know we are seeking God. It is only God we are seeking. Yeah. So, so if only you are seeking God, the same thing I'll be telling you, the same thing, you'll find out that it's the same thing. Yeah, amen. So you see how me stating that word, has changed me. Yeah. But to I study it then, I'll even be offended. One, one brother said, one brother said, uh, the pastor was calling him. The pastor is always calling, do this, do that. And he wasn't happy. I said, brother, the only reason the pastor keep calling, he doesn't call everybody like that. It is because the pastor works with you. You work with the pastor. So there are always reasons why he calls. If you were not working for him or with him, he wouldn't be calling you. I said, I think that when you call, you're not like he's having a conversation with you or something. So I said, it's a good thing. Like the people, I, I mean, I speak to everybody, but the people I work with, I call them often. I call them often. One lady, I think yesterday, asked, I can't remember, maybe almost 11 o'clock, I sent her a test. This morning by six, I sent her a test. If she wasn't working for the Lord, if we're not working together, there will be no need to send the test. There will be no need. So if she's ah by this time, then you don't understand. <laughs> you, 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 please do we understand? So you see that 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 this scripture has spoken to me. So then how does this script what is the scripture saying? It is saying that anything that we are doing for God, 
we remember the three or the five things. I'm what? A servant. And the requirement, what God is requiring, is that I'll be found what? Faithful, which is loyal. How does it apply to me? In my case, I found that I wasn't loyal. Because when they need me Tuesdays, I'm not there. Some Sundays, I'm not there. I'm not faithful in my case. So what do I do? Now I must make it a point to go on Tuesday. If I really want to be loyal, if I want, God, it's not an option. It's a, it is required. So it's either I become loyal or I vacate the post. Okay, so why don't I go Sunday? Sometimes I'm just tired. But I'm always tired, but I go to work anyway. And the Sunday is two hours. You see, I'm talking to myself. After the service, I have the whole day. So I decide now I'll go. But the Tuesday, why? Oh, but sometimes I do overtime. I need the money. Okay. But because I want to be, I will not do overtime on Tuesdays. I'd rather do it other so that I'll be there. So by this decision now, I will be in line with what? The word. So practically, it spoke to me that I'm not loyal. And what I need to do is no more of a time on Tuesday and no more laziness on Sunday. Because as for excuses, you will get plenty. Yeah. yeah. Amen. And is there an example? All of a sudden, I remember David. The Bible says he was faithful in all the ways of God. So I realized, and I used to pray that, Father, give me the heart of David. I want to be like David. Because there I'm a drama. David played instrument, and Bible said demons were approached. So I want to play drum for demons. I've been praying. But then I didn't realize he was faithful. That is why. So I saw that David, the officer, that example speaks to me. If I want to see all those things that I'm, I'm like, want to see, pray, the requirement is faithfulness. Amen. So you see, the David example has even opened me up what? More. Yeah. Bible study. This is how you study the word. Don't be in a rush because you have all the days of your life to study. As long as you do it every day, you'll be fine. And you will grow. As long as you do it. But if you don't do it then, no matter what, there will be a level of shallowness. Believe it. It's true. That there's some, I mean, it's not the same. I can tell you about the party, but it's not the same if you were there. There's something that you only get when you yourself, you sit down and open this way. And you won't get it anywhere. So then the final question is, do I really understood it? Yes, because I want to find out the title of, the meaning of what? Faithfulness. And he gave me what it means. And if you look at the similar in what? Meaning. Which says loyal, constant, true, devoted. Hey, that, that's what even made me realize. Because I realized I wasn't constant. I wasn't devoted. Because all those things means this is how we study the word. Amen. Amen. Find it out, apply it. Mm. You, you apply it. So once you are working in it, it becomes you. Then when an issue raises up, you'll be surprised. You are that. So you'll be able to teach your brother correctly. 
Because you are, you are, you are living that already. It's, it's part in you. So that's why you realize that it's coming. The Bible says this, the Bible says that, the Bible. Call yourself, that's how you believe in. But if you study that you are going to preach, nothing will come. No, it will not come. Do you know why? Psalm 119, verse 100 is one of my favorite scriptures. David says something, and the day God showed me this, I was blown away. He said, I have deeper understanding of the word of God than my teachers. Why? Because I obey them. Wow. So it means there's a level of understanding you would never have about the word until you begin to obey that word. And as, as you obey the word, you have understanding. Yeah. Amen. Than your teachers. You can understand a scripture more than me. If yes, if you obey the scripture, and I've learned this from the Lord, the more I obey his word, the yes. more I understand the word and why. Amen. So till you begin to obey the word, <laughs> your understanding will be shallow. We can't explain that still. Read it for us. Psalm 119 verse 100. Mm-hmm. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. And he has more understanding than the elders. Other versions say than his teachers. Because you obey his precepts. His precepts simply means the word of God. Mm-hmm. So there's never... It's like, if you don't serve God, you can be here full of criticism. You will be there, you seem to know what they should do and they don't do it. But when you begin to serve God, you realize, hey... It's not like that. You, you'll be cool. you really begin to appreciate them. Mm. So till you begin to do this way, there's level of understanding yeah. you, you won't get. So that is why when I was in my father in the Lord church, when the Lord showed me the scripture, I realized, listen, I can have understanding more than them if I obey this. Amen. A lot of things I've heard Ben he preached and said, I did not understand it, even though I believe. I did not understand. I was like, wow, interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But as I walk with the Lord, as I'm obeying the word, Amen. now I can understand Amen. it as I began to experience it. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, church, this is how we study the word. Amen. Amen. Keep the Lord a clap of faith. When, when, remember the Joshua 1 verse 8 that we read. It said the word must be on our heart, lips. Amen. Meaning we are toward, speak the word, but I prefer share the word. I prefer share the word. So there's something about sharing the word. Because the more you share the word, the more you try to explain the word, the more you sort of understand the word and the more it gets stuck in you sometimes if you don't share it with time you lose it yeah but the more you share it i mean i've been reading the bible for a long time over the years i've come to see without a doubt that anything i read that day i get someone that i'll have to tell that person that thing and i believe if you are persistent. That is what will happen. Because now the Lord will constantly come. 
and he has a way that he constantly feed you and bring people. Yeah, yeah. Because the moment you share, it gets stuck into you, and you yourself you understand it. Sometimes, as you are sharing it, he shed light on you, and all of a sudden, something switched that you didn't pick it up as you were meditating. So that's why in Deuteronomy, is it Deuteronomy? He said, speaks about this. Let's read it. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 2 to 7. He was showing us how the word must be on our lips. Let's speak about these things to your children when you are walking in your homes. Meaning, anywhere we do, wherever we are, we, we, we are to share it. We are to speak about it. Amen. Share it, share it, share it, share it, share it, share it, share it. Please read it for us. Deuteronomy, sorry, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Chapter 6, verse 6 to 7. Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse mm-hmm. um, 6 to 7. Mm-hmm. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. I impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. It must be in your mouth. Talk about it when you are in the house. When you walk along the road. When you are walking in town, be talking about it. Mm -hmm. When you lie down. When you lie down, be talking about it. And when you get up. When you get up, be talking about it. On the phone, be talking about it. Twitter, YouTube, be talking about it. Because all is now our work, isn't it? Be talking about it. Be talking and share it. Share it. There's always at least that person that will enjoy it when you share it with him. Amen. That will not bring argument. Amen. No, he didn't say go and preach. He didn't say go and teach. He said talk about it. Means share it. So yeah, I'm not trying to teach you anything or like. I'm just saying this is Amen. what the scripture said. This is what I saw. He didn't say go and teach or go and share it, share it. Don't try to be a teacher. Just share it. Now, did you know what I saw today? Hey, I never knew the main requirement is faithfulness. So now I have to be faithful. And to my surprise, faithfulness giving me constant. I realize I'm not constant at all. Say, ah, uh, you don't know that. I saw that last month. Aha, uh-huh. share it. Don't, not like you are teaching it. Just share it. Share, talk about it. Share it, share it, share it, and it will stick into you. So far, what have we said? We've said that, or what have I said? I've said that we are to. To study the word, amen. Because the Bible commanded us to study the word. No, it's okay. I just feel tired of my arms. I don't know why. We are to study. Can you hear me? The word, because the Bible commands us to what? Study the word. Say, meditate on my word, my commandment. Amen. And I say, to study the word, there are three main ways. Either reading book to book, or in topical order, or by scripture references. Time did not allow us. Uh, but there's two important app, Ronaldo, quickly, that I would like to show you that it can help me. One app is called Bible Gateway. It's, you know Bible Gateway. Let me see hand. Because listen, times have changed. Now you don't need to type letter. You, you don't need typewriter. Isn't it? So, yeah. So now, Bible t- uh, Gateway, Google uh, put Bible Gateway. 
will give you every scripture in terms of topical what? reference. When you put fear, you go, Lord, I help me. When you put fear, it will bring all subject that has fear. And you can take your stand and was steady in. That is good. Maybe healing. You believe in him, you've been praying, you don't know why you've been what? You are not healed. You put healing and or sicknesses and begin to study. God has a way to show you what you need to do or not to do in order to receive what? Your healing. You understand? Bible Gateway is an important one. Okay. Oh, and for scripture references, it's also Bible Hub or Bible Bob. We know Bible Bob. Have Bible Hub. That one is good for scripture references. Because that one, when it brings the scripture, it will bring all scriptures that are connected to that scripture for you. And that also have the Bible dictionary uh, which you can get the original root meaning, the Hebrew or what? The Greek word. Amen. You just, amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. So these are tools toward use. Amen. But all this thing takes time. In fact, the topical order and the scripture references even take much more what? Because sometimes even the scripture that will come, even though it relates to it, you will not realize that what? It relates to it. Amen. So no matter how you study the word, no matter what you do, remember, remember what does it mean? How does it apply to you practically? What do you need to do or not to do to be in line with the word? It is in the doing, let me remind you, last three scriptures. It is in the doing, or one scripture, Psalm 119 verse 4. It is the doing that makes the difference. Remember the command said, as we meditate on this word of God, as we obey it, that it may what? We may be successful and what? Prosperous. So the blessing is not in the steady, but in the obeying, the doing. The essence of the study is to know it so that you what? Do, do it. it. And the, in order to study, you must what? Read it. But it is the doing. It yes. is the doing. Amen. So look at Psalm 119 verse 4, our last scripture. Psalm 119 verse 4. Mm-hmm. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Precept is another word, of, another word for the word mm-hmm. of God. Tomorrow, next week, that's where we are. So it says you have laid down precepts, the word. In order to be what? Fully obeyed. In order to be what? Fully obey. So the purpose, the essence of the study is to what? Obey. Jesus said, if you obey, then you are truly my, my disciple. Jesus said, it is written, man shall obey, and not only by bread alone, but obey everyone. There's a lot of scripture that will say that if you diligently obey all my commandments, if you obey the you commandment and give me this, so it's all about Amen. what? Obedience. The essence is to what? Obey. Amen. Amen. You've heard what the word. You've heard the word of God. You know what it means. I just want you to lift up your voice and begin to pray regarding this word of God. Begin to pray regarding this word of God. You want to ask for grace. You want to ask for grace to study the word. 
You want to ask for grace to study the word. You want to ask for grace to study the word. Trust and obey read a scripture a day at least a verse a day morning the moment you wake up first thing and you will know God than your parents you will know God no one is allowed to limit anyone when it comes to God unless you limit yourself amen unless you limit yourself amen let's go back to it find a time that really work for you and stick to it stick to it ideally it should be first thing in the morning and stick to it for starters the left doesn't matter it is the persistent the constant the moment you stop you stop that you haven't you noticed the less you speak to a person the more it feels distant it's the same with god god is real but guess what he is the word amen and you will know him Father, I bring them before you. I have given them your word today. I ask that sweet Holy Spirit from today, teach them, help them to study your word. As they do, give them divine understanding and revelation of your word. Open their eyes to see wonderful things in your word. As they read your word, may they indeed be doers of your word. 
and as they obey your word by doing it uh, may your word bear fruit in their life may they see the fruit of your word in the name of jesus in the name of jesus i feel led to pray for the sick if you are sick if you are sick put your hand at the place of your sickness if you are not sick but if you know someone who is sick just put your hand there for the person and in your mind tell god you are you are, you, are, you, are, you are asking for this now pray for the sick now father in heaven i thank you for their life and their bodies i bring them before you all who are sick they've put their hand as a point of contact and as a sign of faith therefore i ask that heal them now satan i bind you now and i command you to take your hands off them now you sickness i rebuke you now in the name of jesus by the power of the holy ghost be gone you spirit behind you abide you and i command you to go to the abyss now in the name of jesus whatever the root cause the purpose of this sickness is i cast it out in the name of jesus I cut it now in the name of Jesus. I command it to weather right now. I uproot it from your body, your spirit, your soul now in the name of Jesus. Now I command your healing. Now be healed now. Be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive your healing now. Receive your healing now. Take it now in the name of Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Holy Ghost. One, take it. Two, take it. Three, take it. I declare you healed, free from this sickness. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Someone give the Lord a clap of faith. We will come for our communion. And after we give announcement, they bring the service to a close. Uh, we've already collected our offerings and our tithes, but if you were not here when we collected our offerings and our tithes, please bring your offerings as you come for the communion. You know, there was a season in my life, there was a season in my life financially, things were very difficult, and I was reading the Bible, and that was one of my first experience. The word jumped to me, the word like was speaking to me, Say, do not come before me empty-handed. And from that day, I decided, you see, when the word speaks to you, it's real, it's powerful. It comes with grace. I decided I will not go to before God empty-handed, mommy. So there were times I go to church, I have no money, and after church service, they will borrow me money. So let's say if I was in Ghana, then if it's here, after church service, they will borrow me 20 Ghana. And the 20, uh, 20 pounds, then the 20 pounds, I'll use 5 pounds for offering, I'll use 10 pounds for fuel for the day, and the 5 pounds for food. I was determined to obey that word of God. So don't come before me empty handed. And I remember, even there was a season in this country, uh, I wasn't working there, Sister Joyce was working, and she, she gave money for offerings, everything. And I realized sometime, one time, Either she gave me coins, two or three pounds, and I think she also put 
three or three pounds. And no, she was the only one working. I don't know if she remembered this. And after service, we used to go to a church, a certain church. I don't want to call the name. So after service, I told her that no matter what, our offerings has to be five, five pounds. Do you remember? Dominion, we used to go to Dominion Church. I told her, then I wasn't working. Things were tight. Yeah. But I told her, I said, no matter what, our offering must be what? Five pounds. Five pounds. I thought, it's, it's, I can't give God less than five pounds. In fact, recently, I told one of my daughters never to give anything less than five pounds offering. Because now she's working. You can ask her. I told her to stop putting two pounds, three pounds. You see, because one time I read a scripture and David said, uh, he said, I'll not give anything, I'll not give an offering that will not what? Cost me. That will not cost me. So it's like, not, I know I can give five pounds. How much is my donor? Five pounds, isn't it? Uh-huh. So why should I give less? In my case, amen. So I'm just saying, and not, not any pastor or anyone, if a pastor has told me, probably I'll say, he likes money. But the word itself spoke to me. Don't come before me empty-handed. The word itself. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, if you haven't brought your offering, you bring your offerings and your tithes as we come for our communion and we will sing a song. Amen. Father in heaven, this afternoon too, we thank you again. We give you glory. Father, we thank you for this blood of Jesus and body of Christ. We thank you for all you've been doing with it and that which you are yet to do. We thank you that the Friday you made us to see a manifestation of this. For us to know that indeed it is not in vain, that it is indeed the blood of Christ Jesus. Today too, as they eat this blood, as they drink this blood and eat this flesh of Christ, may they be in Christ Jesus and may Christ Jesus be in them. And as they are in Christ and Christ is in them by virtue of this, may everything of them that is not in line with Christ quench in their body. May the healing of Christ enter them. May the strength of Christ enter them. May they have the mind of Christ. May they also have the glory of Christ. Lord, may they have the zeal of Christ. Lord, may they be healed of any sickness that remain. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. The body of Christ, the blood of Jesus. So begin to sing. The body of Christ. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus.
heaven, we thank you for this communion. Once again, we declare and we decree in the mighty name of Jesus that by this communion we are in Christ and that Christ Jesus is in us and that no weapon fashioned against us shall prosper. We refute every weapon of the enemy against us. And by virtue of this communion, even though we are weak, we are strong. And by his stripes, again, we are healed. And we will be fruitful. We will bear fruit. Fruit that will remain. Fruit that will abide in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the offerings and the tithes. This morning, too, we didn't come before you empty-handed. We've given to you as a church and as individuals. We ask that may these offerings and tithes be pleasing and acceptable to you. That also receive it with favor. May it go further in the natural that would have gone. By this, let your church be taken care of. Let your needs be met. Let your battles be fought. And let your church be built. And as by this your church is being built, may you build their life for them. May you fight their battles for them. And may you meet them at the point of their needs. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Someone give the Lord a clap offering. God is good all the time. God is good. Please be seated. Amen. Our time is up. Forgive me. Today we've gone over uh, 20 minutes. Forgive me because I just wanted to learn regarding the Bible studies. Amen. We always live here on time. Amen. So next week we will continue. Now that you are going to read the Bible, next week what we'll do is we'll show you the process that as you start obeying the word, how the word becomes true. Because the moment you start obeying the word, you might not necessarily see that that word is true. But it, it, because it goes through a process. So you must understand this so that along the line, you, you don't stop. You have to wait for the entire food. So we we'll look at that. When we finish, we will also look at Satan's main attack for those who are studying the word, not the word. We look at that maybe next two weeks. So next week too, we will continue. Amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord another clap offering. God willing, which He is willing, Tuesday we will meet back here again, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. to pray as we always do. So let us come Tuesday. Let us come and what? Pray. Tuesday, we are going to pray certain prayers. Say certain prayers. Aha, amen. So let us all come. Sunday, we meet back here again from 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. to fellowship as we always what? Do. So let us all come. Amen. And we are moving from this place to a new place. So this month will be our last month. Amen. Uh, where we are going is not far from here. It's literally three minute walk away from here. Amen. So maybe middle of the month, we are just waiting once the contract is signed. Uh, maybe I can keep the address for check. We can all go there. Amen. So uh, this is for our information. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. May we arise and share the grace.
Amen. Mm. As you go, go and prosper. Go and see wonderful things in the word. By the word, may God speak to you. May he lead you. May the Holy Spirit help you and teach you himself. Go and prosper. Go and be fruitful. May every word of God that you are obeying be true. May it be true to you. May it be true in your case. May it come to pass. May you see it through. By the obedience of the word of God, may you have many testimonies. In the name of Jesus, go and prosper. Go and prosper. Go and be successful. Go and come back. Come with testimony. Come with laughter. Come with good news. As you go, may signs and wonders follow you. May the goodness of the Lord follow you. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Remember, there's no replacement for you studying the word yourself. No replacement. I wish it's not like that, but there's no replacement. There's no replacement. Amen. So go and read the word. Go and study the word. Go and meditate on it. And may the word that is living and active, indeed believing and active unto you. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Someone give the Lord a clap of praise. We believe you have been blessed by the teachings of God's word. For audio CDs, videos, books and other information, please visit our website on www.devotionallightchurch.com God bless you.